Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Boss Uncaged. Today we have James. So James and I, we've been working together for about maybe uh, probably like 18 months to about two years. James is currently one of, one of my clients, but I definitely wanted to get him on the show because he has a, a unique business and it's also a family business. So James, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and who you are? Um, James, James Bilderback, um, husband, been married 20 years, three daughters. And me and Chanel met through our first company, I believe, which was Rental Relocation. Um, and we own and operate a number of businesses that are basically around the real estate world and the relocation world. You know, Interlink Relocation, which does full management, Rental Relocation, which does corporate apartments, Relocation Realty, which is uh, real estate and property management. We do some commercial, we do HOAs, we do a number of things in real estate. So that's kind of our background as far as work goes. Got it. So, I mean, even with that, I mean, the first time I sat down with a meeting with James and he was depicting these things and and I'm thinking in my head, like I'm juggling around all these different ideas, trying to formulate it. So he says it so nonchalantly because he's been ingrained in it. So let's like take it back a little bit. Like, how did you get into that industry? Right. You know, I think like any industry, anything that you do, there there's so many different little fragments of other of other pieces that are related to it. So, you know, when we first started business, it was back in in actually the eighties. And that's really before internet took off. That's that's when things had to be more manual and we had an apartment locating business. And that was our first piece of business. So our first company here in Atlanta. And and it basically worked where if somebody was moving to the Atlanta area, they couldn't go online and look for apartments. So my mom had created a whole database of all the apartment communities in the Atlanta area. We had these big dot matrix books that we could, you know, scroll through it and get the information and, and help people find apartments when they came to the Atlanta area. And that was the first one, which is funny because we don't even do that business anymore. You know, you always are looking to evolve. I feel like if you're not going forward, you're kind of going backwards, you know, and and a lot of people go to the apartments, you know, on somewhere online to find an apartment in a new city. Now they typically are not going to someone for help like that. So that was our first piece of business in the Atlanta area. So let's just dive into like your mom's story a little bit. And, you know, I had the opportunity of sitting down and speaking to your mom when we, we first started working together. And I, I mean, she's definitely a firecracker and, and she still has so much punch left in her as far as that real estate. So kind of just talk about that story. I mean, you were in the business as a kid, kind of shattering your mom to a certain extent. So let's just talk about that a little bit and, and how that inspired you to, to eventually becoming the owner of the company. Yeah, I mean, I think it even started with my grandmother because my grandmother is in real mm-hmm. estate. She was a real estate agent. So, you know, I remember her driving me around in the car, you know, in the station wagon and had that 
five inch thick, you know, FMLS book that had all the houses that were sale for, cause again, there was no internet back then. And then, you know, my mom raised us as, you know, as a single mom. So, you know, one of the things that she looked to got into was real estate. She first got into with Century 21, working with different builders and, you know, it was, it was ingrained and she, you know, had her real estate license, her broker's license and, and, you know, following her mom's footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was a time where she was like, you know, I don't want to work for anybody anymore because I'm not, I'm not getting where I need to get to. Right. You know, that this is only getting me so far. And, you know, I hadn't really found a company that she could grow with that, that they opportunity, they offered some kind of opportunity of growth. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's more just that lower level. Um, so that's when she started, uh, you know, working in, in, you know, creating her own business and her own apartment finding service, you know, for something a little bit different than um, what she had been doing and felt like there was a little niche there. She had been doing rentals, she had been doing sales, she had been working in that real estate world mm-hmm. and around a lot of other businesses that have been doing it and been successful themselves. Mm-hmm. So like we would, uh, take that step. And, you know, we didn't, you know, like a lot of companies like, well, how do you get started? I mean, you, you basically take a leap of faith, right? You know, we didn't have funding. We didn't have this big joint venture behind us or anything like that. It was two people with a cheap office space and, and, you know, going around and trying to uh, get your name out and what you do and, you know, build on opportunities. Hmm. So, I mean, that's definitely interesting. So obviously in real estate, and on the show, we've interviewed several different aspects of real estate. You know, we've interviewed someone that's a wholesaler. We've interviewed the, the the typical real estate agent model. We've also done with like the funding behind the scenes. But you guys have like a very rare niche. So just talk about that niche a little bit, right? So what is it exactly that rental relocation does? And, and who is that target audience? Yeah, so rental relocation was basically our first company after the apartment finding service. And as we were doing apartment finding, we were noticing that a lot of people were asking for a furnished apartment, right? You know, they needed a temporary place to stay. And um, I was telling my mom, I was like, you know, we're referring this business out to another company. um, And there's not that many people that do it the next one that comes in, why don't we just do it ourselves? You know, why don't we just, just, we, you know, we know the apartment communities, we know the furniture companies, we know how much utilities cost. Let's just furnish it ourselves and get our feet wet and try it out. And that's what we basically did. So as the calls came in earlier, we were sending them to somebody else, an apartment community. And then we just decided to go ahead and start taking those ourselves. So it's always kind of, looking, you know, in whatever business that you have, how you can, how those branches could grow, right? You know, we had things right in our eyesight that was, you know, an easy, you know, fruitful thing that we could grab. We just had to develop something to fit that. Hmm. So that's when we, we made rental relocation, which was started out just doing furnished apartments in the Atlanta area. Um, and then like 1992, um, the Olympics got announced for, for Atlanta. Hmm. And really, so from 1990 to 1992, we started growing pretty rapidly. There was a big, you know, a big, uh, big development here in the Atlanta area to get ready for the Olympics. 
Hmm. Hmm. So that was that was our first, you know, into getting into furnished apartments. That's pretty interesting. So, and that that's one half of the coin, right? So that's the rental relocation. So on the other half, you have Interlink. So what's the difference between and what does Interlink do versus rental relocation? Well, even before that, and I don't mean to change that subject, but mm. it, went, it transitioned more next to relocation reality. So mm. as we were doing apartment finding and we were doing furnished apartments, um, we were referring out real estate business to other real estate companies that were opportunities for us if we we're an actual realtor. Um, so we decided, okay, you know, let's go ahead and start. You know, my mom already had a real estate background. Let's go ahead and become a real estate agency. You know, mm. let's let's do property management unfurnished. We're doing it furnished for the corporate apartments. Let's do it unfurnished for the regular homeowners. Let's um, do our own home finding where we help people find unfurnished homes on top of apartments and let's be a real estate agency. So we tried to tie up all of that real estate piece first. Um, but by the time we got to, you know, the middle to the end of the 90s, that was mm. that was our next growth spurt right there. So relocation realty, you know, you can buy real estate with us, sell real estate with us, have your house managed. We manage HOAs. We do commercial real estate. We just do all kinds of real estate related. And that was my mom's earlier experience was real estate. And then we went into apartments and then folded really back into our own agency. And, you know, she's a broker. Um, and then as that transition where, you know, through the nineties, we were more like a service provider, if you will, to most companies, because we didn't have the full, um, umbrella of services okay so if a corporation you know here we are doing corporate type work furnished apartments real estate home rentals but then we go call on a corporation and say we'd like to do it you know come to us directly right um and you know what we were told is you don't have the whole bundle of everything that we're looking for okay and that's when we created interlink okay mm. to have that whole bundle of umbrella of relocation managed services, right? You know, that manages all the service providers below them, the corporate apartments, the van lines, the realtors, all the other things, but they also do the counseling. So we have the consultants that counsel the families all the way through the move. We have, you know, the expensive management system. We have the gross up taxation system. We have the global comp system. You know, we put all the, the technical pieces behind the services, if you will, you know, and really we manage the service providers. So we're a large, you know, supply chain, you know, because we have suppliers all around the world. So it was, it was a much, much bigger leap for us to, to get to that next step. You know, and we've had that for the last 20 years. And that was, you know, a big, a big push for us, you know, is for us. To, so then we can have that account directly because there's not one service that an account could want that we don't offer now, right? So whatever they might need, they might need a little bit or they might need us to handle everything domestic and international and just hand it off to us. And that's really what Interlink does. Exactly. So that, I mean, that, that's a that's a hell of an umbrella. So 
just looking at like business structuring, right? And then you have LLCs, you have S Corp, you have C Corps. I would think that you guys have multiple factors of those combined. Like, I mean, how is that, that yeah. company structured? Yeah, we have the L, we have all three S Corp, C Corp, and LLC. So we have all three of them. And it was depending on how when we did it, some of our companies are working on cash basis, some of our companies work on an accrual basis. Um, so there there are differences, and it depends on you know who's involved, how many people are ownership of it, you know who has the ownership of it. There's there's definitely that technical piece behind it. I. You know, I, I joke sometimes that I find myself doing more business work than actual work that I supply to my customers, if you will. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm doing more day-to-day dealing with things that don't even necessarily always happen to do with relocation or corporate housing or real estate. You know, it's more just moving your business along, you know, like me and me and you dealing together, you know, we yep. deal about marketing. It's nothing to do with relocation, right. but yeah, we're spending hours a week, you know, mm-hmm. talking all the time and trying to develop different tools. And that, that doesn't even have anything to do with what my business is, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So just to thinking about the experience, I mean, you guys have dealt with real estate for a long period of time on that journey. You have to have like one of these telltale stories that's either hella comedic or hella tragic in a sense, right? So like, what's the, the worst or the funniest story that you've ever had experience working in this business? I mean, there, there's, there's all kinds. I mean, we, we definitely, um, we we have a lot going on, you know, and we see a lot of personal things because we have people rent from us and it's actually their home. You know, we have rappers stay with us. We have artists stay with us. We have sports people, you know, we have government, we have military. So, I mean, you you can imagine anything that you can imagine that we've we've really seen, you know, I, I think some of the, some of the, the, the things that stick out are, you know, are like 2020. That's been like a real a hard year for, I think, a lot of people. You know, we had some Navy projects that were going on on the West Coast. And, you know, we're, we're actually moving military in during a riot, you know, and during wildfires and during, you know, you know, protest on the streets and, and during COVID when everything is shut down. I mean, I think that's, that's probably been some of our craziest stories, if you will, you know, yeah. to the late. I mean, that, that's been something new that I had never experienced and, you know, experienced a lot of different things, right? You know, but never when you move, when you go to a city like Portland and the whole city's boarded up, and there's just so many homeless out there, you know, that are, you know, and that's a whole tragic situation by itself. And then the city's burning, you know, because it's a wildfires are going everywhere and, and, and COVID and everything is shut down. I mean, it, it seems yeah. almost like, you know, the end of the world type scene, you know, that, yeah. that's probably been one of our more dramatic, you know, situations but we had two group moves with the navy where they had two ships that they were working on so they have you know 300 soldiers that they'll bring in take them off the ship and then we'll house them in apartments while they're retrofitting these ships so you know real proud that we were able to work on that project 
Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, think about it in retrospect. You know, I, I you know, I was working with you during that time, so I kind of had some pieces and, and remember pieces of those elements as as we was having our marketing conversation. So, definitely, I, I think it, it commends the line of business that you're in. You guys were still effective even during the craziest times that you know we could remember in the past twenty years. So, so speaking about like the twenty year time frame, right? We always hear about someone's success to be perceived as an overnight thing like they just popped up yesterday but in reality there was a legacy behind it and it's usually surrounded by a 20-year journey how long did it take you to get to where you are currently i don't i don't define i mean where i'm at like i mean you know one is just age you know i mean do What's your level of success in, in your business? I mean, obviously, you have two corporations, you have staff, and you, you've been around for a long period of time, and the doors have not closed, and you've been maintaining it, and it's been growing. So how long did it take you to get currently where you are in your level of success? Well, we've been bigger than we are right now. Mm-hmm. We've been smaller than we are right now. The one thing I can tell you is, you know, for most businesses, it, it's, a, it's, a constant, it's a constant effort if you will, you know, it, it's never, okay, you know, I'm going to stop today and this thing will just go by itself for a year. Even if you got 20 or 30 or 40 people, you know, it, it's a constant effort. People had always said, well, you know, it comes from the top and it's kind of hard to decipher what that really means, but somebody's got to tell which direction everything is going to go in, you know, with the direction, with the clients, with the processes, with the technology with the marketing, with the sales, with the employees. And, and that's what they mean, you know, that all of those things need some kind of guidance on where we're going to go with it. I would think that we never lost money, you know. I mean, we've, we've some of our tougher years have been COVID years or when the housing bubble busted. Those were tougher years than the first year that we were in business. Um, and we've we've continued to grow and we've been continued to be more profitable um i would say that you know it it doesn't seem like it it's as like this big you know stack of gold at the end because you're constantly reinvesting in yourself if you will you know you might make a good amount of money but then you're going to hire some more people and then you're going to do some things with marketing and you're going to you're going to do some things with with technology and you're going to spend that money so you can get to the next level you know and the next level and the next level so that's why sometimes it doesn't seem as as big as it is you know But it is definitely a constant effort. Um, I will tell anybody that that starts a business, one, you know, business is rapidly changing, you know, even in what you do, you know, you see things change all the time. So you've got to have that flexibility to be able to spur off into other ventures, you know, and most, most industries have a lot of different a lot of different fingers in a lot of different directions that you can go at the same time with, you know, two different products. So trying to expand your products because you never know which one gets outdated. Right. You know, we just, you know, some of the tougher things we're seeing, like, you know, we move people and we do travel and what just just got shut down all travel and people moving, you know what I mean? What if that industry just went away for some reason, you know? So, 
it's like always trying to look for other opportunities. And that's why we do things with real estate, you know, with other kinds of investments. It's really not just about one. It's being about being as diverse as you can, because it seems like one nowadays is always going to get hit somehow. Mm. The, the market has definitely gotten more turbulent where you used to see a crisis every 20 years. And now you're seeing it every four years. Right. You know, so since 2008, the housing bubble and COVID has been, you know, a pretty big, pretty big task for companies to get through. Um, so the, the effort is one, but I mean, we, we've grown since day one, you know, when we had, we, you know, I, I don't think it was just growth from one service. So it was growth from adding other, other opportunities to what we were doing. So on, on that journey, right, what, what's one thing, if you can do it all over again, that you would do differently? I, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think that education is important, you know, that, uh, you know, if, if I would go back, you know, I think a lot of people downplay school and college because they think, oh, I might not. Um, I might not be in that field or I might not do that, you know, or I don't know if that's going to make me money. But for me, you know, I started right after high school in the beginning of college. That's when I started at work. And then I just rolled right into full-time work and then finished all my development and education. And education doesn't just teach you how to do something, but also develops you as a person. You know, so some of the things I had to figure out on my own, which are good and bad, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I try to tell people, you know, stay educated, you know, and, and things that you'd never think that you would use, you know, just like me and you, and I'm more writing and doing other kinds of, you know, English type papers and all kinds of stuff that I was like, I'm never going to use this. Right. You know, and now I'm trying to develop content and I'm mm -hmm. trying to do videos and I'm trying to do other things that I had never been involved with. And, mm -hmm. and when you're in, in college and in graduate school, you get to look at a lot of different things. Um, and so that would probably be the biggest thing, you know, I don't, I don't feel like our path is wrong or, you know, right or wrong. I think we did, you know, I think we did a good job with it. So it's, I think it's funny that you brought up education and it, it's kind of, it's, it, I've talked to all entrepreneurs on this show, right? So the, the balance between the two is always the question of, do you believe that formal education versus like courses, workshops, continuing education, and where do you lie on that? Do you think that they're equally balanced or one is, is superior to the other? Um, I think all education is important, you know, because I think anywhere that you can learn something in 20 years, you know, go back to it and think about how you had some kind of touch on it without you having to learn it from scratch. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you take a marketing class, if you take an English class, if you take a paper writing class, if, mm. if you take a wood shop class, you know, all of those you go back to at some point in time, whether you're working around the house mm. or working on a project or something, you're like, oh, I remember some kind of basics of where to go from A to B, right? Mm. You know, so now I, I do think that some people gravitate towards certain industries or working outside or working inside 
And I do also believe that it depends on the opportunity that you've been given. A lot of people could make either one of them work depending on how that opportunity came to them. You know, um, for me, I wanted to race motorcycles. That was my goal. And I was racing motorcycles and crashed and broke my collarbone. And that's when I, my mom was like, well, why don't you come up to the office? Because you can't do nothing right now and help me answer the phones. So that's how that opportunity fell where, you know, now I'm at where I'm at, you know, but it wasn't what I was thinking at the time. So you, know, you keep your eyes open, you know. Yeah, I think that's definitely... um not to say like like it's funny, but it's funny how things work out in the sense that you know yeah. you you were doing motocross, right? You you're riding around and you're, you're covered in mud and covered in dirt, and then you broke your collarbone, and your mom's like come to the office, and now you're you own the company, which is yeah. <laughs> it wasn't in your plans. So I mean, just going back to that, I mean, obviously, without even asking you, you come from an entrepreneurial background. Your mom is an entrepreneur. Do you think that was a factor to your current success? I think that the factor of the current success is like, you know, some people think, well, not being able to sit still or always having ambition is, is, you know, always wanting to do something different is wrong, you know, and that that's how I'm built. Like I, I get tired of certain things, you know, after a while, you know, you, it gets old, you know, you want to do something new. And, and I had, you know, that opportunity with my mom where I'd always, I could convince her into something that I wanted to do, to be honest. You know, I'm like, we need to do these furnished apartments. Okay, let's try it. You know, or we need to do real estate. All right, let's try it. We need to do this. Let's try it. You know, so it was able to, to have that creativity to say, okay, you know, it gave me an outlet to keep trying to do something different, you know, and I think that that's important for people. I try to teach that to my people because, I literally am in the, I sat in the same seat as everybody at my office. I've done all those jobs, you know, and they're like, well, how'd you get up there? And I was like, well, this is what I'm trying to tell you. You got to look for opportunities. You're at the front line right now, mm-hmm. you know? So you speak to all the customers, you speak to other people, you, you develop relationships and you start to build your business, you know, just like I did, you know, we, we didn't have any corporate customers, but as the phone rang and we talked to people, we, tried to build a relationship and and develop it and none of it happened overnight but it's kind of fun you know just keep looking for opportunities got it so you're a family man right you're married you have some kids i mean and also you're running a full-time business so how do you juggle your work life with your family life yeah, that's tough. And it's, it's when it's, it's, it's had, it's had its ups and downs, you know, cause, um, my job has changed, you know, sometimes it demands me to be at the office more. Sometimes I've went through cycles where I could be at home more. Um, and, and it depends on the kids too. Now we've got one out of college, one in college and one in high school. So they're doing different things. You know, every night we've got different events, um, I just, I don't know. I mean, we're busy. I mean, we're just busy. I mean, I think a lot of people think it's an easy task or something like that, but it's just busy. You know, we, we're busy at the office. We're busy at home. Um, we've got a lot of moving parts, you know, I don't anticipate I'll be this busy forever, you know, you know, 
but I had figured I had a, a window of time, you know, just like most people, you're, you're, you're an earner from, you know, pretty much 30 to 60 is your, 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 your main time that you're going to put your head down and try to knock it out, you know? Um, and now that I'm in my fifties, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I have certain goals and certain things that I'm trying to achieve, but there are a lot of things going on, um, which is, which is good, you know, which is really good, but sometimes you have to draw the line. I think it's hard. It's, it's easy to draw the line physically, but it's harder to draw the line mentally, if you will. You know, if I, I go to sleep thinking about work, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about work, you know, so mentally it's harder to do it than it is physically. You know? hmm. So that, that's interesting. So let's get into like your routines a little bit. So, I mean, what are your morning habits, your morning rituals that you do every single day? Yeah, I mean, what I've been trying to do, especially lately, because I've been I've been working on my surfing, if you believe it or not. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, um, you know, get up in the morning, do push-ups, sit-ups, squats. Um, I've got a little yoga mat that I kind of portray it as. Mm. I got some lines on it to kind of look like a surfboard. So I practice kind of getting up on the surfboard, on the yoga mat, you know, the little stance with it. So... You know, I've got a little thing that maybe takes 20, 30 minutes with that. Um, you know, and then we've got the kid, you know, Ava that's in high school. Obviously, we got to get her to school. Um, you know, my wife, you know, the dog, feed the dog, the regular stuff. You know, nothing nothing too spectacular right now. You know, just other than a little, a little workout and some coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you brought up surfing. I mean, I think, did you recently have opportunity to go surfing somewhere? Yeah couple times yeah i mean we've been trying to go five or six times a year if we can right now so so where's the last location you was at i was in costa rica just a couple weeks ago nice i was in costa rica over christmas and you know december for two or three weeks so nice. it's, it's a good spot because it's warm water so you know you don't have to wear a wetsuit and waves are always coming so cool. i'm enjoying it um kind of getting too old to ride motorcycles and dirt bikes you know i've been mountain biking but you know and in the cold i've always loved snowboarding but and the cold just seems to be hard on me as i get older i'm not sure about that so, so it's like you made another pivot you went from motocross to surfing yeah it's not a bad pivot man so <laughs> no we'll see it's 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 super hard though i'm beat up right now my wrist my my elbow i'm beat up Boom, boom. So this is going into like the next question, being that I've been on this podcast for a period of time and like I'm literally talking to entrepreneurs and business owners on a regular basis and come to find out that nine out of 10 of them are always reading something or listening to some kind of audio book or they would recommend a book that got them to where they are currently. Are there any books that you want to recommend or any book that you're currently reading right now? Yeah, I mean, it sounds funny, but you know, I've been working on reading the Bible this year. That's, that was kind of my, my goal, you know, for last year, we had more time on it and I never really took the time to, to read the Bible. My, my wife is, is Catholic, you know, and probably more focused on religion than I am or I should be. And, um, you know, our daughter goes to Catholic school and, you know, uh, I, I think I've been just taking time to, you know, try to go through that and learn that a little bit more. And, you know, 
help me kind of stay grounded. You know, I think that like right now there's just so much dialogue going, you know, everywhere you turn around, everybody's got an opinion, everybody's got something to say and you can't tell what's right and what's wrong. I've just been trying to stay grounded really. And, and I, I get over myself, not try to think too far ahead, not try to deal with anything that that's happened in the past. Let that go. Um, you know, cause I think everybody's had a pretty tough year with COVID. So. It's pretty interesting that, that as a business individual, individual, you went back to like the roots to kind of ground yourself, right? You went back to like one of the first books, right? So yeah. it's um definitely interesting. Um, what do you see yourself in 20 years from now? Oh, 20 years, man, I'll be old. I'll be in my 70s, you know. So you can still surf. You can still surf, man. I'm hoping I will be. I'm hoping I will be. I mean, I, you know, I, I just think at that time, you know, I'll, I'll be retired, playing with grandkids, you know, kind of kind of doing my own thing, you know. Yeah. One thing for sure, when you're a business owner, family, you know, your, your day gets eaten up. You know, there's only so many hours in the day. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I look, I look forward to the time of when, you know, I get those free hours back, you know, mm -hmm. and just kind of be lazy and watch TV. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So what tool do you use in your business you would not be able to do your business without? What tool? Yeah, as far, as far as software, let's just talk about like software wise. Like, what softwares are you using currently right now that you wouldn't be able to do what you do without it? Well, we have some industry software for our reservations. You know, we have the accounting software for, you know, for all the accounting functions. Um, and I guess one of the biggest ones that we've switched over to, you know, a number of years ago was the Microsoft 365. So, you know, we don't have any servers anymore. Um, we, we host everything with Microsoft through SharePoint. Uh, you know, we use Microsoft online, Microsoft for emails. We don't, you know, we don't store any data anymore. So, um, that was, that was the biggest thing I think that we've done, you know, as, as a smaller company is just getting away from, from the hardware ownership of that hardware, trying to maintain that hardware, go cloud-based. Um, and be able to you know, work perfect, right? Because our goal was to be able to work from anywhere, you know. And we start, we put that in place five years ago. That way, you know, we have people moving all the time. We might need to speak to them anytime at night, you know. So people need to be able to access our system and work from anywhere. Um, and now, you know, obviously with COVID, you know, that worked out well because we were already set up. Hmm. Definitely interesting. So this this is going to like let's say I'm 20 years old, um, stepping out of college, or maybe I'm in my senior year in college and I'm thinking about getting into real estate. Now there's different flavors of real estate, but you're in a particular niche. What words of wisdom would you give to someone like myself stepping into your shoes going back in time? Well, as you said, I mean, there's there's so many different aspects of real estate, whether you're on the legal side, whether you're on the selling side, the administrative side, the maintenance side. You know, I think I think try to get an idea of, of, of your personality. You know, are you outgoing? You want to meet people? You want to generate new relationships daily? Or are you more of an organized person and a process person? Hmm. You know, I think there's two different kinds of people like that. You know, some people don't 
necessarily want to try to put themselves out every day and re-meet someone and be always on point, you know, and that's what you have to be if you're going to be some kind of development or, or salesperson, you know, or if you want to be more that organized person or run a team or, or manage things, you know, so trying to just figure out your personality helps you a little bit, you know, or mm -hmm. sometimes you might have both. And, um and then maybe going to work for one of those companies, you know, and, and just kind of learning the insides and out and learning at what people are doing and trying to see all the different fingers that they get involved with mm -hmm. and seeing which one interests you and learn about that one and master that one and develop mm -hmm. your own program, you know. Mm -hmm. That's that's where you would go with it, you know. You, you find something, you, you say, I mean, there's nothing, there's hardly anything new out there right now, right? Everybody's just regurgitating something, you know. And, and you know, you could be a business that just started up and another company's been doing it 10 years and you could be more successful than them in five, you know, just depending on how you roll it out and what your ideas are and how you want to have your spin on it. So, I mean, you don't have to recreate the world. You just have to recreate it in your own way and that people are interested in engaging with. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely some, some insightful words of wisdom. So I think I'm, I'm going to, I usually like give everybody I'm interviewing a nickname. And as you're talking, I'm just thinking like, what nickname can I give to James? And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to call him the relocation boss. Because I mean, that's just, that's just the space that you're in. It just, it just makes sense. Right. So how could, <laughs> how could people find you online? Like what's your Facebook or, or your website or your phone number, email address? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, we have so many different channels right now. So we have Facebook for Interlink, uh, Facebook for Rental Relocation, LinkedIn for both of them on, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, James Bilderback, um, YouTube channels, you can go and see a bunch of videos for education that we did. Um, of course, you know, you can post up my email. I don't, it's a long one. I don't know if anybody's going to remember it. <laughs> the nice thing about us is, I, I mean, truly that, you know, even though that I might own the company, there's not one customer that doesn't know me. You know, there's not one client that doesn't know me. I, I, that's the better part of what I do, right? So I'm always accessible. I think you go to some companies and you try to find out who the boss is and they like hide it, you know, because he, he doesn't want people to call him. He doesn't want to know, you know, he's not that type of person. But for me, my door is always open to everybody. And, you know, whether you work for me or, or want to talk to me or tell me about something. And, and we, you know, we, we really don't have that many problems. So I'm not like trying to hide from anybody. That's the one great thing about my team is we put out such good work, you know, and, and, and that really makes me look good all the time. So I'm lucky with that. Cool. Cool. So going to, to the bonus round, all right. I'm going to start out with a question to ask everybody, because, again, I think everybody's answer is going to be uniquely different. If you had an opportunity to spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Man, I knew you were going to ask that question. I mean, I, w I was trying to think of, you know, somebody, somebody different, but, I mean, I... I really, I'm around the people that I want to be around. You know, I don't, I don't think there's somebody dead or alive that, you know, that I've, you know, I don't, I don't have any heroes or anything other than that. My, my wife and my mom, you know, those are the, 
two that really that keep me going you know without those two trying to keep me in mind i'd be i'd be be sideways for sure so (laughs) those are the two people you know if i had a choice in life you know and spend 20 minutes with somebody 24 hours it's funny because like more and more ask that question it it, it seems to be like anybody that's married like that that, that's kind of the answer that they lead to and i always make the smart remark that this way you would never end up sleeping on the couch that's that's a guarantee right so i mean just 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 pull into that a little bit i mean that's something i forgot to ask earlier on like your wife works in the business with you on a day-to-day basis yeah so like how does that i mean how does that partnership work i mean to your point it's hard for you to turn it off is your wife able to turn it off when she gets home or are you both very much the same in that aspect? Well, we, you know, she's a project lead and, and uh, you know, she's a manager. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have to manage her, you know, sometimes your paths cross, you know, where you, you might not see eye to eye on something or, you know, you might have a difference of opinion, but the great thing about working, I guess, you know, why there's those few cases, there's, I never have to worry about, you know, being lied to or cheating or, you know, or that she's not putting in 110% or all her thoughts have been behind, you know, doing the best she can, you know what I mean? So like, you you know, it's not always that case, you know, but when, you know, there's difficulties working with family, but most of the time family is, not gonna you know do you wrong you know? mm-hmm. so that's the good side about it so there's pluses and minuses of it, you know? <laughs> but she does a great job at what she does and you know and manages large large accounts and you know that her her abilities are way different than my abilities like mm-hmm. she's such a personable person you know and and you know way more than me you know people just gravitate to her so yeah she does good well, this is the time of the episode that, you know, while we were talking, you may have had some questions that may have come up that you may want to ask me. So I'm giving you the microphone. The floor is yours. Any questions you want to ask me? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Well, I, I want to know what what is your angle? What is what are you trying to achieve? Because I know you got a lot of different things going around. And I talked earlier about different fingers and how I'm trying to find you know, your way and your path. And sometimes those go a long way. And sometimes you go down a road and you turn around, you've got, you know, all your different businesses and your marketing. And so what, what is your goal? What are you trying to do? I think well, my end result is essentially in the space of helping business owners and entrepreneurs get to the next level and even niching down more is individuals that want to have their voices heard. And, and through that model, I'm living that representation through podcast development, through book and publications. So it gives me opportunity that I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid. I'm living, living it. So when I'm talking to you about this, start your podcast, you know, I'm not full of shit. I have my own podcast, right? If I'm talking to you about publishing a book, I've published seven of my own books. So I know the journey and I can actually help you on that. So the goal first and foremost is to help business owners understand that yes, your business is your business, but the best way to mobilize and to monetize your business is to get your voice out there. And the best way to do that is to control your media and to, con- and to create your own content. Yeah. yeah, no, it's nice. And and I've thought about doing things like that too. I haven't thought about it more with businesses. I thought about it more with kids, you know, because I think a lot of high school kids and a lot of college kids are like, you know, 
I just can't see point A to point B. I don't see that direction. And I was in there. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know I like my dirt bike, you know, and I, you know, and how, you know, how can I, how can I do that? And, um, it, there's a lot, there's a lot going on with that, you know, and there's a lot that people just, it, it's so frustrating sometimes and it, it's so overwhelming and it seems like there's just no way to do it. And that's, that's kind of like some of the things like I told you I was reading the Bible. It's like just kind of slowing down and not getting too far out in front of myself and just creating worry all the time. But just worrying about this one task right here and knocking that out and then go to the next task. And, and it's not as, it's not as hard, you know, you just look up and all of a sudden you've done a whole list of things throughout your day, you know, because um, right now it's a grind and I think it's going to get, more challenging for businesses it's not going to get any easier anytime soon i just i just you know i don't know i mean you're seeing a lot of a lot of change over the last couple of years you know and and that's a shame because i think small businesses are what drive drive the world you know it's yeah. not like you want to go visit a town and you want to go see you know a microsoft or a google and no you want to see the little shops and restaurants you want to see mm -hmm all the small businesses that are out there, the little clothing stores, all the little things that make up that community, you know, mm -hmm. that's what businesses are. You know, you want to go watch a little video or a podcast that's in the glass window, somebody getting an interview, you know, and um, we just got to really keep our head down and try to keep that fight going. Because, yeah. Keep know, that fight going and, and being able to, to pivot to your point, you know, pivot when, when things happen and to stay in the fight. I think a lot of people, they hit that first hurdle and they get discouraged. And I just want everybody to know any business, any entrepreneur, you hit hurdles on a regular basis. I mean, everybody, I always say like being an entrepreneur is like going through depression to a certain extent because everybody hits it sooner or later, whether you have a, a high or a low, but it's getting back up and continuing to move forward is, is where you get the real level of success that comes out from pushing forward. And you hear you hear sports people talk about it too too you know you're like you hear uh, tom brady talk about i don't ride these highs too high i don't let myself get too high i don't want to get too low i want to go even yeah. and and what that means is even throughout the day you get good and bad right you know and and if you're if you fluctuate so much even throughout the day your brain just gets scrambled yeah. you know i get good news and then i hang up and then i get bad news and then i'll hang up there and i'll get some more good news you know yeah. and so it's like just trying to digest it you know and, and um look at it a little different like everything's not good everything's not bad it's just information you know it's, it's just a process and it's just something that we're working on you know i try not to look at anything like it's bad you know no, yeah, I definitely, I definitely appreciate that. That's definitely insightful as well. Well, I definitely appreciate you carving out time about your busy schedule to, to come on the podcast and lay down some golden nuggets for, for our listeners, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it too. And if there's anything I can help with educating or collaborating, you know, to help other people and help them get to where they want to go, I'm, 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 I'm with you. Cool, man. I definitely appreciate it, James. Thanks again. All right. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. 
If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss and Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.